0: From the Oklahoma studios this is another edition of the Oklahoma's varsity podcast I'm your host Cameron Jordan I'm here today with uh, my co-host Nick Sardis Nick how's it going going good how are you it's uh, it's a nice day outside can't complain because of the weather the next couple weeks doesn't look as nice as it does today but I guess that that's kind of how it is being in Oklahoma but uh but no we uh, we're back with another uh, varsity podcast after a really big uh, basketball tournament week last week it was one of the uh, first two big tournament weeks of the year um we had a uh, a bunch of tournaments in the Oklahoma City area. You had the Noble Tournament. Uh, You had um, Bethany, as always, the McGinnis Boys, um, and then also the Putnam City Invitational. Uh, All fantastic tournaments. And Nick and I were at all three of those sites, or all four of those sites throughout the three days of those tournaments. Uh, Saw a bunch of good basketball. Saw a few buzzer beaters. Saw some some good basketball. Saw a little bit of not-so-good basketball, but that's kind of how it goes. About halfway through the year, some teams still trying to find their stride. Um, I think... um, I think when you kind of look back at this basketball tournament week, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me in watching your videos was the couple of buzzer beaters that you saw, especially uh, Sharonica Hartsfield from Putnam West. She had a what was it, a three pointer to win against Putnam North?
1: Yes, it was in the semifinal game on Friday, I believe. And uh, yeah, she uh, basically just ran down the court, pulled up from the three point line, and just just drained it. So it was it was an exciting play, definitely. W-
0: what she finish with points wise that
1: game? Uh, that game, she had twenty, and then in the finals against Tulsa Union, which uh, they Putnam West dominated, uh, she had nineteen in that game. So, twenty points in the semis, nineteen in the finals.
0: You know, i I, uh, I went to I went to their game against. They played Putnam North actually on Tuesday too, and I think she only scored five points against them. So I think she uh, may have had a little bit of extra motivation yeah. in those last couple of games because i uh, I got to the I got to the I got there about in the second quarter of that game against Putnam West, first Tulsa Union for the girls' final, and how they were already dominating after the first quarter. It was like a double digit lead, and they just kind of never backed off of that. Um, yeah. What was the uh, what was the other one? It was it was at the Bethany tournament, correct?
1: Bethany tournament, Bethany boys facing, um, man, I can't even remember who it was. <laughs> the homeschool team, that's right, the war- Warriors,
0: the, the, the HFC Warriors.
1: Yes, yes. So, uh, Brennan Burns actually. I uh, can't remember if he took the inbounds or not, but basically ran the length of the court and had a just a great play at the rim uh, to win the game in the final seconds.
0: You know, I wasn't, I unfortunately wasn't there buzzer beater wise, but at the McGinnis Classic in the third place game, uh, Norman North, uh, I can't even remember who it was because, like I said, I wasn't there. I just saw a video of it when I got there. Hit a hit a kind of a pull up three pointer from about the same spot as Sharonica did on Friday, that left wing. A little bit further back, kind of jumping forward, throws up a three-pointer at the buzzer to, to win Norman North to put them in the third-place game. Um, they beat Choctaw, so that was a pretty uh, – pretty, there were quite a few buzzer beaters, but that's what happens when you get these tournaments with really good teams and really good players making plays. Um, I think uh,
1: – That was Aiden Walker.
0: Aiden Walker? Yes. Yes. It was a, I mean, it was a really impressive shot. I mean, it, it reminded me a lot. When I first saw the video, it reminded me a lot of what Sharonica did for Putnam West because it was left side of the court, left wing, same spot, yeah. pull up three at the buzzer, boom, win. Um, it was just a really good weekend of basketball overall. Um, down in the uh, Noble Tournament, you had the Mount St. Mary's boys coming away victorious. Um, and then up in the – I say up in the city area, not that Noble's not, just closer to the city. Uh, you had Heritage Hall c- coming away with a title at the Putnam or Putnam City Invitational. Um McGinnis at the McGinnis Classic, 60th annual McGinnis Classic. It was Edmond Memorial uh, pulling off a really close victory against Midwest City, which has been a theme between those teams the last few years. It always seems that Edmund Memorial and Midwest City play close games, and it just seems that Edmund Memorial is always coming on the winning edge of those. Sean Padula hit a go-ahead uh, bucket with about 4.8 seconds left, a little, a little floater in the lane. And then Midwest City's Christian Cook, who's a really, really talented player and had a fantastic game in the final, was driving down the court and missed a layup at the buzzer. He had about three people though trying to block it. So it was a really contested layup that just couldn't get the fall and that game was really, really fun to watch. It was back and forth the entire game. No team ever got as far out in front as the other one. and so it was just a really, really good weekend. that was probably one of the best games that I saw um, off the top of my head was that one what what do you think was one of the best ones that you saw this past week?
1: The best game? Yeah well, it was the it was the Putnam West Putnam North game because Putnam North was down 12 points heading into the fourth quarter, and, I, I I mean, I thought it was over. But, I mean, they took a late lead, and they had to have that game-winning three-pointer to win it. So that's that was the best game I saw for sure.
0: I think another one, it wasn't exactly a great game, but the plays that were made in this game, like the Cassidy boys. Um, you had DJ Freeman, uh, PJ Mitchell-Johnson, and Steph Akinia, Akinia. um, Those three were fantastic. I think they scored, like, 70 combined points between the three. Maybe it was 60 combined points and like a 75 point win. Uh, they got Coach Matt McLeod, his 300th career win, his head coach. Um, Cassidy beat Tahlequah on Thursday. This was in the quarterfinals of the Bethany tournament. Those three were just incredible. Uh, P.J. continued to throw up alley-oops to D.J. Freeman. He had four dunks in this game and three of those were on alley-oops. Steph O'Kina was really effective at uh, driving the ball, getting layups, and, and also shooting the ball from outside. And then P.J. Uh, Mitchell Johnson was also fantastic at shooting the ball, and th- and those three when they're on. And I talked with uh, Coach McLeod after the game. I said, I said those three when they're on are you guys able to be beat really easy? And and he kind of laughed because I mean when those three were on, they took a really early lead against uh, Tahlequah and never turned back. I mean that was a it was a route from the outset. And I think I thought that those three were really impressive to me, just how Casty was kind of able to um, control that game. Um, another one that I saw was uh, obviously. You've got to talk about Trey Alexander. Um, mm-hmm. 28, 38, 25. Those are the amount of points he scored in three games at the Putnam City Invitational. Heritage Hall repeated his champions. Oh, and he did it with a broken finger on his right shooting hand. And it, it was just incredible what he was able to do. Um, you know, it, it um, at halftime, he only had six points against Tulsa Union. and
1: Of the finals? Of,
0: of the finals. And I told, I told a couple people I was sitting by at the scores table – and I told a couple people uh, who were kind of walking around, I was like, "This game's going to change in the second half because they're going to start calling it tighter because they were really letting them, the two teams play. They were really letting Heritage Hall and Tulsa Union play in the first half." And I said, "They're going to. Ch- this is going to change in the second half. Trey's going to get his points because they're not. Gonna, they're going to start calling the little ticky tack fouls. They're going to start calling the fouls that they're holding them, not letting them get open." And sure enough, they started doing that. They got into the bonus Heritage Hall got into the bonus really quickly, and Trey hit a couple of really big three pointers um, to come out of the. To come out of halftime they were down 23 to 17 going into half in 58 seconds they took the lead they went on a seven nothing run um to take the lead they had only scored six points in the first quarter so six points in eight minutes versus seven points in 58 seconds to start the third quarter i think i know which one i'd be more willing to take if i were a basketball coach um across the state uh this was a matchup i really wish i could have seen um it got canceled because of the infamous snowstorm that we had Saturday. But uh, Dell City and Southmore, the two top-ranked teams in Class 6A, 5A boys, they were supposed to play in the finals of the Bartlesville tournament, but it got canceled because of the snow. So I was really upset. I was actually texting uh, uh, Coach Stogsdale down at Southmore and was like, C- do you think we can just get a game down here on Monday somewhere where you guys can play or something? Just neutral sign, like go play it more or something. I don't know. But it would have been really cool if we got to see those two teams play. Um, who was the uh, – Kind of after watching, kind of getting a week of games under your belt, who's one of the most impressive teams that you've seen so far?
1: Uh, boys or girls? Because I was covering kind of mostly girls, um, but I did, I did get to catch some of that, some of Heritage Hall's games. Boys and man, they were, they were a lot better than I expected. I didn't know that they were that good.
0: Yeah, and the, <laughs> the, cra- the crazy thing about them is, is I mean, obviously...
1: I mean, their classification, I mean, they're three A, but doesn't matter. They can. They They're four i I'm sorry, four A. Yeah, yeah. They can compete with anybody. So,
0: and and what's crazy about them is like you have Trey, and obviously give him his respect. He's he's earned it. He shows it game after game after game how how great he's played. Um, but then you got to look at uh then you got to look at Jack Spanier who can shoot the ball really well. Joe Washington who comes off the bench and provides a really big spark. Philip Smitherman, who plays on the inside i think i think smitherman had like eight offensive rebounds he's the he was the oklahoma's little All city offensive player of the year he had like eight offensive rebounds against tulsa union in the final game like it was amazing how much his strength was just dominating on the inside um there's so many guys on that roster that i'm going to forget about and not and not give them their due but um another one who really stood out to me was sebastian perry um he he had a really good game freshman starting uh he he's He's been starting most of their games for him, and they're still they're still getting healthy. Like I said, Trey still has a hurt hand, and they're a younger team. They lost Will McDonald from last year's team, but they're still right there, primed to challenge Kingfisher in 4A. Which I'm actually uh, not to get too off topic. One of the games that I'm going to be able to cover tonight is uh, Tuttle and Kingfisher. Really excited to kind of see Kingfisher because they're on a 32-game win streak dating back to last season. So wow. I think uh, I think uh, Class 4A has a really good couple teams there yeah. at the top. But uh, I think girls' wise, and we've already talked about them a lot. Uh, Putnam West really really showed something to me. like I said I covered their game Tuesday when they were playing hosting Putnam North and you know it was a really good game I know how dominant Putnam West was last year um, got upset in the first round against Mustang in the state tournament but uh, coach Brock really has has that team right where they need to be they're they're still I think they're a little bit younger this year than they have been in the past but with Sharonica hartsfield leading that team I mean she's a menace defensively she defends incredibly well and she doesn't foul that's the yeah. thing she didn't defend really really well and not foul. They're just—they're really, really fun to watch, and I mean, I—I I think that they're probably one of the top girls' teams in the state overall.
1: Oh yeah, extremely fun to watch. Really enjoyed watching them those two games, and just really impressed with them. Uh, entered the tournament uh, surprisingly five and five, so it's not like they were, um, you know, just unbeatable or anything. But they showed up in the tournament, won three straight games, and just looked really good doing it. So,
0: it's uh, this is another this is another local athlete who we've written about her a little bit we're going to write about her more coming up um especially maybe you should check out tomorrow's oklahoman or theoklahoman.com uh dariana little page bugs it's a mouthful but if you haven't heard the name you're gonna remember it uh she's a stud uh sophomore at class and sas um she's averaging like 14 or she's averaging like 17 points 14 rebounds four blocks four assists five steals something like that this year yeah she's a sophomore um last year i got to see her play one time um i was really amazed at what she was able to do as just a as just a freshman her basketball iq is off the charts she has the thing that helps her so much she's like a combo guard at six foot one i think she's six foot one and she's like a combo guard and she recently received an offer from ou she has an offer from osu and she has offers from a lot more than those two schools but
1: louisville is another um, big one
0: yeah i mean there's it's amazing the talent she has and and I don't want to say she's not getting the respect she's due because we're the ones who cover them, and we've, we're writing about her. But what she's able to accomplish at such this at such this age is just incredible. I mean, I think – and you're, you're heading out to – they're playing Dale tonight, a couple of top-ranked matchups between teams. It's actually going to be a really fun night. I'm really interested to see what, what Dale tries to do to stop her because I, I don't know what I would do as a coach to try to stop someone who's that dynamic.
1: Not much can you can do. You can try <laughs> to slow her down. You're not going to stop her, but you can, you can try to slow her down.
0: I think, uh, and then there's a couple other. I mean, you can't. There's so if you go to Nor- if you go to the Norman High girls, you have Kelby Washington, Shante Embry, the Prague move in who is coming off the ACL tear last year. Yep. You also have Micah Perry who last week received an Oklahoma State offer. You have three Division One players right there, and the other two are getting offers are getting looked at by Division One colleges as well. You have five people on that team <laughs> who could play Division One basketball. I think Shantae Embry is another interesting one. Like we, like I said, coming off that ACL injury. She was ranked as arguably one of the top players in the state and the and in the nation yeah. uh, when before that injury happened, and she's come back. and I heard that she and I was talking with uh, I was talking with someone at the McGinnis Tournament who covers Norman on a regular basis, and he said that he said that he thinks that Shante Embry is somehow better than when she, than when she, after the injury than when she came back. And obviously, as you get older and age, that's going to happen. But he said she's playing with a different purpose, and I haven't got to see her yet, but. I, I'm really interested to try to get out and watch one of their games this year, just kind of see what she can do. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: What? What? Um. I know you got to cover a uh, Norman North and Edmund North last week. What was? Uh, what were some of your takeaways from that game? Because I know Jessica Evans is one of the stars. I know that she's a really talented player.
1: Uh yeah, I mean she was impressive. Uh, very dominant presence down low. Very physical and uh very skilled. But uh, Edmund North, Edmund North was really impressive. Uh, uh just uh kind of pulled away in the second half ba- is basically what happened. Uh, very tight game and just kinda had a big run in the third quarter and just kinda pulled away. So that's how they were able to win it.
0: Coach P his uh his two daughters, uh Yes. They're they're pretty talented, aren't they? They're oh, aren't yeah. they pretty good? Oh yeah, they're good. Um I, I think Emin, the Emma North girls are really interesting this year because I think they're a pretty good team. I think they're ranked number one at some point in the beginning of the year and and not that not that they've fallen out of the rankings by any means, but it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how the girls shake out because looking at both the rankings, I kind of mentioned this last week on the podcast. If you look at the rankings right now, Emma North is coming in at five. That's West dominated girls' side. You have you have Tulsa, Washington at number one. They're undefeated at ten and zero. But then you have Deer Creek at two, Choctaw three, Norman four, Emma North five, Moore at six. Can't forget about Aaliyah Moore, Dana Moore. Mm-hmm. She's only played for Team USA. Um, <laughs> she's a pretty good basketball player in her own right. Norman yeah. North at nine, Emma Memorial eleven. Um, it's going to be a West Side dominated bracket in 6A boys and girls this year because if you go back over to the boys side, we like we mentioned earlier, Southmore at number one. You have Memorial and Midwest City three four, and then you have a trio of Tulsa teams: Jinx, Union, Sand Springs, um, five six seven. Lawton comes in at eight. I had a coach this uh, I had a coach this week uh, talking with me at the McGinnis tournament who just raved about Lawton, said they have a chance to surprise a bunch of people. Um, you have Putnam City North coming in at nine. Another one that's interesting is Putnam West. They're six and nine on the year. Record isn't great. But they had at one point they had everybody but Oklahoma State signing Rondell Walker out in their starting five. So it was Rondell Walker and with what Coach Lenny Burt said was a bunch of players who normally play JV time. So yeah. they're six and nine. But if you look at their schedule, they played some of the top teams from Texas, from Arkansas, from uh, they went they went to a Las Vegas tournament and played against some of the best teams from let's see Pennsylvania, Colorado, Maryland. Uh, their schedule is legit. Um, they've played some really tough teams. Uh, they came. They came away finishing 5th place in the uh, in the Putnam City Invitational. They lost by 5 in the opening round to Tulsa Union, but were able to beat the Oklahoma City Storm and Muskogee to finish uh, in the 5th fifth, fifth place. So, But they're getting healthy. Uh, they had a big win against Putnam North last week, 3-1 last week to kind of, I don't want to say turn the season around because it's really early, but I think they're a team that could be really intriguing to watch how they kind of develop now that they're getting back healthy. Um, another one boys' side is Northwest Classen. Moving up from 5A to 6A, they have Davion Warden, uh, Coach Jack, is really he's really hyped up his team this year, and and deservedly so. Like I said, Davion Wharton is one of the best scorers in the state. Uh, he, that's another team that I'm really trying to get out here and go watch uh, down the road because I know that they have the possibility to be really good. Um, same with Dell City. Undefeated in uh, in Class 5A. I was actually counting this up earlier when I was looking at the Kingfisher record since they had won uh, now at 32 straight games. I think there's only f- 11 undefeated teams left in the state on boys' basketball. I've not counted up girls yet, but... Only 11 undefeated teams in the state left. Uh, I couldn't have guessed all of them off the top of my head. I knew a couple of them, but it's kind of crazy. Um, what are a few of the – are there any girls teams that kind of stand out to you or anything uh, Anything just basketball in general wise that kind of stands out to you that you want to see here over these next couple weeks or months?
1: Uh, really looking forward to the tournaments in a couple of weeks. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty big moment in the season just because you're kind of – you know hitting the home stretch and uh you know can really get some positive momentum going into the postseason so i'm really looking forward to that and um so yeah yeah
0: i think uh i think there's so many good tournaments next week i mean you have deer creek cash and
1: oh it's next uh, week yeah next week sorry, is, yeah is sorry big, about that
0: no is and there's deer creek cash and more uh newcastle uh purcell I'm, I'm gonna miss some i'm sorry <laughs> there's just so many great tournaments next week um I know that, like you said, it, it really you kind of get to see teams that don't always get to play against each other in these tournaments, and it yeah. can really make someone stand out. You get those buzzer beaters, you get those big shots. Um, kind of a, I want to kind of do a quick wrestling update too. The gear Invitational was this week. Broken Arrow was able to take on the title. Uh, Blair Academy, who had won it, I believe, five straight years, didn't come this year. They're from New Jersey. Uh, they didn't come this year. Um, just the way the schedule is, they backed out for a year, and they're I mean. Uh, Anticipating them to be back next year, but I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Um, second, third, fourth, fifth were all local teams. You had uh, Stillwater coming in fifth, Tuttle coming in fourth, Choctaw coming in second, and Mustang coming in third. A bunch of individual champions. Um, I'm going to miss them all. You had a bunch of local individual champions from Stillwater and Memorial, Choctaw, Tuttle, Mustang. Like I said, I mean, there were a bunch of really good wrestling out in Gary this weekend in one of the most prestigious wrestling tournaments um, in the country. It was the 76th annual edition. Um, Uh kind of looking but kind of looking ahead. Like we said, yeah, the basketball tournament's coming up in a couple weeks. Um Like we said this evening Nick is gonna be heading out to Dale to watch class in SAS and Dale I'm gonna be heading to Kingfisher to watch Tuttle at Kingfisher. I'm also really interested to see uh Tuttle, uh their girls team. They have a freshman and a sophomore, not related. They're both six foot two, yep. and they both start already. And they're, I just want to see if, like, if they don't get every rebound, I just don't know how that's possible. Because I
1: remember seeing them walk in at media day, and I'm like, <laughs> "Golly!"
0: I think I mentioned I was like, "How do you get, if y'all don't get a rebound? There's something wrong." But I'm really excited for those matchups. It's a, we're both going to do a couple ranked matchups tonight. So make sure, uh, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter um, at Cam underscore Jordan at Nick underscore Sardis. Uh, Make sure you guys uh, will take a call for questions next week. Um, you can ask questions about any sport, anything going on. Um, not really any football news this week, uh, except for Norman wide receiver Jaden Bray got his first couple Division One offers. Gets to know the name. He also plays basketball, but Jaden Bray is going to blow up this offseason and be one of the top recruits in the state come this summer and next season. So, Six-foot-three wide receiver for Norman, had 11 touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards receiving this year. Um, I didn't get to see him in person, did you, this season?
1: Uh, once against Edmund Santa Fe, and yeah, very impressive, definitely.
0: Let's say, I think uh, I think one of the photos that I picked, I think the photo that I picked for the for the little story that I wrote yesterday was of him making what looked like a really impressive catch against Santa Fe.
1: He so. did. He had a great game. They lost, but he he did have a good game, as I recall.
0: It'll be yeah, like I said, it get used to his name. he's gonna blow up. so um. But, no, that's all we have on the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast today. Uh, make, like I said, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Make sure you keep up with Oklahoma.com for all of our high school coverage. Uh, feel free to shoot us questions anytime you have one this week and send us your tournament brackets. Uh, next week is a big tournament week. Uh, we'll make sure and retweet you on Twitter. Send us your tournament brackets. Tag us in the tweets, and uh, we thank you guys for listening. Do you have anything else? No. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast. And, like I said, follow all of our coverage uh, – on theoklahoma.com and tune in next week for our next episode.